Hi, everyone. This is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And I am here with the Winter Princess of the West, Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hello, Mr. Waters. How are you? Yeah, I have to. Every time I have the show, I have to think of something new to do. I know you're actually pretty good at it. It's It's impressive. It's very very hot sometimes, though, to come up with. (laughs) You know, adjectives that really describe you. At least you didn't say Ice Princess. That would have been worse. That's right, yeah. (laughs) Well, we're here for another exciting show today. And on the line is Tyler Merrick, who's the founder of Project 7. Hey, Tyler, how's it going? I'm great. Thanks, guys. I would like to point out, too, that Tyler is also a West Coaster, except he is, I think, in the sunny part of the West Coast, and I'm not. Oh, yeah. No. yeah Megan, Megan yeah. earlier, Tyler, was talking about how much how much um, a darkness they get out where she is. And I was like, girl, you don't need more light. You need a U-Haul. You need to move from the West. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, we've, we've had an unseasonable amount of rain, and, yep. and you get... Um, you get a little cozy down here with all the sun. We're we're glad the sun's back out today, and um, very thankful that we don't we're we're warm here all the time, most of the time. That's good. Lucky you. Lucky you. Yeah. So let me give our listeners um, a preface here in terms of why we're talking about today. Um, a little bit over a year ago, and I'll include this in the show notes to the show, folks. Is um, I wrote a post on Project Severn called. Um, would you buy ordinary gum just because it supports a cause? And my question was, is Project 7 makes a variety of products, including uh, gum. And the idea behind, and make sure I'm describing this correctly, Tyler, the idea behind your products is that you are leading with supporting a cause with your products, as opposed to like saying, hey, you know, this is a great tasting gum. And, and you're saying, not only is this a great tasting gum, but this supports great causes. Is that how you would describe uh, Project Seven, or do you have another way you talk about it? No, I think that yeah. I mean, I think it's um, it's um, uh, what we try to think about is it's a way for people to buy um, um, a lifestyle, just like if they're into a natural foods lifestyle, or they're they're into um, a raw lifestyle. This is um, a way for people that can use their everyday purchases to have a meaningful impact. And we really, um, we have three pillars kind of of, of our products and, and our brand. And, and one is, is that the, you know, I, I come from a consumer goods background, raised in a, in a consumer goods family business and um, product always has to be uh, first. And so for us, we want people when they use our products to not trade down, but mm-hmm. at least feel like it's exactly as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. So they're not giving up anything in product quality too. Has to be price competitive, um, you know, so it can't be a $5 pack of gum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three though, if those other two uh, are there, if we can give people a tangible way to give back, um, and, and they can see that, you know, on the packaging, it's communicated what that give is, you know, through our website, giving reports, transparency. Then you start to kind of pull those purchases and you can see, wow, you know, uh, so much of us, so many of us bought this many packs of gum mm-hmm. and uh, look how many meals we provided, look how many right. trees we planted. So right. that it, it, it's all three of those things. Mm-hmm. One of the things I find interesting about your product is that 
And it's interesting to, to note that you are from a consumer products background because from the consumer perspective, the names of your brands are super cause focused, which I think is really yeah. interesting. So quench the thirsty coffee, teach them well coffee, uh, save the earth gum, feed the hungry gum. It's very much cause oriented as far as the consumer is concerned, as well as the packaging. It's kind of a funky illustrative and we'll put some some examples in our show notes as well but it's mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting just that mm -hmm. and obviously to make that consumer come back what you're saying is that the product quality has to be there yeah that that's a very good point i mean the thing is with the brand um in building the brand um initially the thing was is that we were going to be dealing in you know highly tra transactional products you know mm -hmm. So they're going to be in places that it's fast paced. It's a cash register. It's a grocery right. store. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's a coffee shop. And so if, if there's something there that you know, I have to really think about this, um, or, or I've never seen it before and, you know, the, the brand's too smart, then, then, you know, we, we miss people. So for us, it was the whole idea of giving people a really easy way on their normal path of life mm -hmm. to give back. So mm -hmm. as soon as you plant a message like Feed the Hungry as the brand or How's the Homeless, you immediately are intrigued to go, what's that about? You can either shut it out or you can pick it up and look at it. And then mm -hmm. the hope is is that because we've done our work on the quality and, and the value, that you then use the product, like you said, and, mm -hmm. and, and you come back and you go, wow, that was actually really good. Mm -hmm. um, and so, Do you try to – you know, one of the things I'm interested in, though, Tyler, is – in terms of the products you select, though, are you oftentimes trying to choose products in which there isn't a lot of, I don't want to say competition, but there isn't a lot of maybe natural preference there for a particular brand? And maybe gum is an instance of that, although, you know, gums have their brands uh, like anyone else. But what I'm kind of saying is if you decided to get into the the, uh, the tablet business and, and create your own um, you know, your own product for, uh, you know, cause related product, uh, for tablets and stuff like that, you know, competing against a brand like Apple, not only in just how powerful they are, but in how well known and how much people are drawn to the product. There's a lot of competition for that. Are there areas like gum where you feel like you can be more competitive? Yeah, I mean that's a fair question. I mean, but it, on the other side, you know, we're in we're in a bottled water, which is mm -hmm. you know one of the most competitive spaces there there is. And coffee. Um, <laughs> and coffee. You know, those, we're 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 in commodity driven type products. So, right. you know, a lot of people um, there is no premium gum out there. You know, I mean, there's no luxury gum experience. Mm -hmm. um, so there's not something as far as for our products where. Um, we're trying to build a brand around this very big premium experience. Yeah. That being said, um, we're not, for us, chewing gum, you know, it's a funny story. It was, it was all about survival, meaning mm -hmm. uh, my original way that I got into gum was I, I went in to, you know, my first sales call was at Whole Foods, and I had started out with water. I didn't even have gum yet. Mm -hmm. And and I had water, and the, the the buyer says, you know, I'm so tired of water. This is four years ago. I'm so tired of bottled water, and but I like your concept here. Mm -hmm. And coming from a consumer goods background, um, I knew enough, had been on enough buyer calls that I knew to kind of, you know, think on the fly. So I asked the buyer. He liked the concept. He just didn't like the product. So I said, well, what are you reviewing right now? 
and the buyer said, pulled out his book and said, uh, chewing gum, diapers, baby food, and chocolate. Hmm. And right on the fly, I thought to myself, well, we're not doing diapers. We're not doing baby food. <laughs> and uh, as an entrepreneur just trying to survive, um, I said, you know what? I've got gum. And we didn't have a gum built out yet. And, um, and he said, okay, well, I'll take a look at that. And, you know, I the proverbial, no pun intended, but off more than I could chew mm-hmm. and didn't know what I was getting into. And that's, you know, I went and started making a gum that, you know, needed to be for Whole Foods and, and they ended up taking it internationally. And that's how we got into gum. Wow. Um, so that's it, a wasn't, great story. it wasn't, it wasn't this really strategic thing like, Hey, yeah. you know, there needs to be some... now looking back on it, it's kind of interesting because I think the space needed some disruption about five mm-hmm. companies run 70, 75% of the market share worldwide of chewing gum. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is an opportunity there for some, for some disruption. And, and we've, we've been one of those to, I think. Now tell me something that. though. When I wrote my story a little bit over a year ago, I had wrote the, I written that, that, um, that you guys did the gum that you produced though, didn't end up staying in whole foods because you ended up adjusting the recipe of it. Is that true? So the the thing was with us is that yes we'd solved for one problem as far as a distribution opportunity to get into natural gum but mm-hmm. the reality was is that um, you know the market size was only a couple million dollars and everyone we were taking the product to outside of the natural channel was saying hey this isn't gonna you know this isn't gonna work it's it's not com- it's not quality competitive against other brands on the shelf and so started doing a little bit more research and, and, and realized that, you know, if this was going to be, um, you know, one of our, our, our core products that we needed it to be something that was, you know, going to sell and, and not be something that um, people were doing literally chewing just for charity. Um, so we got into the, you know, regular sugar-free chewing gum business um, because that's where 99.9% of the market was. And we went back to Whole Foods and said, hey, we thank you so much for the opportunity and giving us a shot. But we just realized that the market is severely limited. If we stay in this and there just isn't the technology yet to make, um, you can never make a natural gum at all. You can make a naturally flavored gum. And we just said, we're not there yet. So we're going to you know, discontinue the product and, and not, try to keep doing it. And so that's when we got into traditional sugar-free gum. And, you know, it's a misnomer out there. I mean, the reality is is that you have to choose, chew 45 pieces of our gum to equal the amount of aspartame that's in one diet soda, one, wow. you know, 12-ounce diet soda. So <laughs> there's a lot of hippies and people on raw diets that must be chewing sugar-free gum out there <laughs> um, because that's the that's the majority of, of the market share and so that that's how we it wasn't a thing like you know oh we we sold our soul to go in it just was one of those things where we realized um we're not going to help many people out here um mm-hmm. if, if if we just stay inside of such a small niche so that's how we we got into this business and how how is it going? I mean, how are sales? Oh, it looks like night, you're in... night and day. I mean, night and day. I mean, uh, you know, once we started um, making a product that was really more um, focused on the, the masses in that sense, it's been fantastic. Um, we started out, you know, a couple of years ago on 150 store tests, 
in Walmart that then led to a 1,500-store rollout, which then went to a all-store rollout. So we're in every single Walmart at all the registers. Wow. Um, you know, 3,600 stores. We're the only little guy, you know, outside of those big five that's on all the registers and has been on them now for, you know, we've, we've held our space and people supported it in the store and bought it mm-hmm. over and over again. It's performing great. And then Target rolled us out nationally at all registers um, about six months ago. Mm-hmm. And then we just rolled out 7-Eleven, um, shipped it in December, and it's starting to hit stores nationally this month. Um, and, and they did our biggest rollout yet. They're um, huge, huge commitment from them. They, they're they rolling out seven SKUs. We've never had anybody roll out that many products wow. at one time. Um, they're rolling out four of our gums, two new gums we've never put on the market yet, so they'll be the first ones to have, and then three mints. And they're so excited about it that they wanted to feature us um, at the register with that. And so we're not even in competing on the inline Mm-hmm. Um, with all the other brands, we were right there, kind of. Yeah, you're right there, the the which is where you want to be. Yeah. So, totally. what, was the, what was the motivation for Seven Eleven? What did they see as the opportunity with Project Seven? You know, the thing was with Seven Eleven was years ago. I, I would, you know, um, I. It's funny. I was going out to a trade show and um, happened to change my seat at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting next to a guy as I start to pick up the conversation that, you know, um, is a senior leader with 7-Eleven. And, um, and so, you know, I bend his ear and tell him our story and he's kind of enough to stay in touch. And so over the years, I just would give him an update on the business and mm-hmm. he helped me, you know, connect inside this, inside the company. And I just said to them, Hey, I think there's some real neat synergies here in the sense that mm-hmm. our brand is seven, your brand is seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could get an interesting, you know, some some benefit from this being associated with us. And I, I don't care. I mean, if people think that we're a 7-Eleven brand or company, yeah. great. Let's just help some people. Right. Um, and so what happened was, is, you know, we just kept dating. And then as we proved ourselves out in Walmart and, you know, started proving ourselves out in Target, 7-Eleven, it was, you know, they're a huge seller of common mint. And so they're looking at, you know, following those trends and what's performing. And so they really were the ones that said, we're ready to do something with you. Mm. Um, and, and they wanted to do it in a really big way. So couldn't be more excited about that. But we stayed true during that whole time. Caribou Coffee really gave me my first shot, mm-hmm. um, you know, four years ago. And, and we've been with them. We're in our fourth year now with them. And they took in our water and, and took out Coke's Dasani water, and we were the only, only water in there for the last four years. Hmm. Um, they they converted their Caribou-branded gum and mints to Project 7 gum and mints, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so we've been the only gum and mints in there now for four years. And then HMS Host, the airports, mm-hmm. um, you know, are a water partner and have been for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So you're so, seeing this you know, migration, though, you know, of, of, you know, people, you know, replacing traditional branded products with these cause products that you make. Yes, as long as they sell, you know, and, 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 yeah, and well, that's, that's the one about. thing. And you know that. I mean, the, the, I think that's – there's, you know, when I sit down with a buyer, we're judged, and, you know, I go in there, and I really want them to be convinced that we're a business first, and this makes good business sense for them. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna be able to have their stores and their company give back sustainably. 
So we're not coming in and saying, hey, you know, give us free shelf space. You know, I mean, we don't buy, we don't, we don't let us sell the product in your stores. You know, just direct, and you guys can get a good halo effect. We're we're trying to build a sustainable business model um, where they're giving back, and a big part of that. And so we're judged on the business first. And um, and then as the giving starts to happen, it's fun for them to get to see the benefit. And that's the other thing that I'm I'm probably the most proud of. I mean, it's taken a lot of work and sacrifice, but um, we have never missed a give um, in the history of our company. Hmm. We didn't wait to be profitable. We didn't wait to say, you know, you know, 50% of our profits someday or 20% of our proceeds someday. Right. We built in giving um, from from the very beginning. And we've never, you know, we publish that that giving report on our website every quarter. We give it to every retailer that's a customer of ours. We want them to play, you know, 2020 reporters so that they can see, you know, we we don't mess around on this because it's our brand. We want our customers to feel like, wow, I trust that, you know, they said it would probably provide this many meals. They actually did it. Yeah. And um, that's what and consumers re- want. I mean, all the research shows on that. So, Tyler, how much have you folks given so far? Oh, I mean, gosh, we don't um, we don't do. I mean, the thing that's a little bit different about our model is um, we do tangible giving uh, things, and and so what I mean by that is it's a little bit longer answer. Um, you know, we'll do things like trees, meals, nights of shelter, um, and 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 we do that for a reason. Um, we want you know, if I say. If I'm a kid, you think about this, guys. If I'm a kid making minimum wage mm-hmm. um, and I go in um, to buy a pack of Project 7 gum and I'm a professional, you know, that's making six figures and I go in to, to buy a pack of Project 7 gum, mm-hmm. if the language on the package is, you know, 5% of profits or 20% of profits or, you know, 10 cents, that means a very different thing to each one of those people. Um, minimum wage um, to a six-figure person. You change that language to a meal, a tree, a night of shelter, medicine. Now that's a real tangible thing that whether you're making minimum wage, you're making six figures, that's some human need. Um, And so it makes it it makes it more tangible for folks. So, you know, we've done almost 3 million fruit trees. We've planted back into the earth, everything from avocados, citrus, uh, mangoes, hardwoods, mm-hmm. um, over a million meals back into American communities, mm-hmm. uh, 30,000 weeks of education, mm-hmm. um, you know, 25,000 nights of shelter and, and you know, orphans and domestic care. We All that's on our website, the full right. transparent giving report. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been the neat thing is to be able to each quarter send Caribou, send Walmart, Mm-hmm. Send Target. Hey, look what your purchases did. Um, you you look at the impact that you you've had, and this is a sustainable business model that we can continue to solve for problems that you know are all around us. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's fascinating, and I want to go back a little bit to Caribou Coffee and Walmart. So, were those contacts that you had already, or were these really just you getting your foot in the door with a new product? You know, they're all cold calls. Um, you know, when I say I came from wow. the consumer goods space, um, I, I came from the pet food space. So there was there was no relationships in any retailer that I had that benefited me. Um, Caribou was me just 
wearing them out um, <laughs> and driving them crazy, sending them samples, getting in their phone tree voicemail systems. and <laughs> So they really loved you. They, so they took the product so you would go away, Tyler. <laughs> no, they, they did eventually. They honest to goodness, they told me one time, they said, please quit calling. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's important for people to hear because even though you have the consumer products background, we yeah. see so many of these cause-based products and so many of them disappear in a year or maybe two yes. for lots of different reasons. So I think it's really important for you, for people to hear that it takes a lot of sweat equity to get those contacts. And it sounds like that is the business model. I mean, you can rep it independently, but you're never going to have the reach and the volume that you do if you, you know, until you get into those big companies and those distributorships mm. no i mean here's the thing i mean one thing the running joke always with my wife anyone that knows me is that start excuse me startup years should be measured in dog years um, <laughs> so you know we've been doing this we're starting our fifth year it feels like it's 35 years <laughs> you know it, it is so much work but the second thing is what i tell a lot of young entrepreneurs you know over and over again, as I tell them to moonlight their dreams, mm. and 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 what I what so much you know when I hear a kid or someone tell me something about quitting my job mm-hmm. and starting this you know cause right. initiative or nonprofit, I tell them the story of what I did when I left you know I I started an ad agency I had a little ad agency that I used to be my um, you know bootstrap and get off the ground while I was out calling on trying to get placement of the products. Mm-hmm. Until there was such a tension between I'm working 50% on the ad agency, 50% on Project 7, and 70% and 30, then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I'm all in. You know, we've we've got enough here going. But really, you need that tension um, to be in a place because it makes you, one, fight for your dream, um, and two, on the days that it's not hitting like you thought, you know, if you still have something else that, you know, you're getting some worth from, you know, another job and, and, and a steady income. Um, and, you know, you eventually have to cut that cord, but I think people try to cut it too soon. And, Absolutely. Um, and so for me, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people would say, wow, you know, you're in Walmart, Target, 7-Eleven, you know, you know, five years, you know, four years time. That's, that's crazy. And I would agree. I mean, that's still um, – that's still pretty fast, but it was taking care of each one of them one account at a time. So mm-hmm. we prided ourselves on, all right, let's caribou's order has to deliver on time. We cannot, we have to be a real business for them. They can't yep. like, you know, we've got to deliver inside their time frame. The quality has to be just as good, yep. everything. And then we would parlay that onto another thing. And, and then we'd go to a trade show and, you know, you put your fishing line out in the water at the trade shows and, you know, a lot of people walk by and then, you know, maybe stumble on one cart and you stay following up on them. And then they go, hey, let's, you know, let's have you in. But, I mean, I, I won't name names, you know, just to be courteous, but but some retailers that, you know, three years, no, no, no. And <laughs> yeah. then a buyer changes oh. and then the new buyer comes in and the buyer goes, why don't we do anything with you? Yeah. Um, and, and, and so you just have to keep – but lose graciously. You know, I've never – in any of those times when people said, no, we're not going to do it, you know, you, you never want to be like, well, you're crazy. You know, why yeah. are you, your competitors are doing this? Because yeah. we're not that big a deal. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to burn bridges. And no. you never know when that person all of a sudden, you know, comes back and says, 
you know what, we should take another look at this thing. Right. Um, and you don't want and, them to, you know, to remember something that maybe you did or something you said that they say, I'm not going back to that guy. You know, exactly. I always tell people too, Tyler, especially nonprofits, because they're not as sales savvy, is don't give an, a people an excuse to say no. And I think that's what people yeah. do all the time is they give people an excuse to say no. Totally. And it's, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, it's like, you're going down, you're hot and heavy on a deal, and then all of a yeah. sudden, last minute, you know, so it goes up to someone else for a sign-off, and I can't tell how many times that's happened. <laughs> you know, and you're sitting there, and you want to go, are you crazy? You know, do you know how much we sunk <laughs> into this thing? You, know, you want to, um, but, you know, you know we've, we have we just have to bite our tongue, and we've got really good, you know, a small little team that, um, you know, we all are aligned on that and know that there's going to be days when we're going to get turned down. And, you know, we had one retailer, um, you know, that is a, is a, is a well-known retailer, a regional player and, um, do a lot of business. And we met with them right before the holidays and, and the buyer was like, here's a whole shelf. You put as much stuff you want on this shelf in every single one of my stores. Does anybody ever turn you down? This is the greatest idea. <laughs> you're like, yes, we get turned down all the time. All the time. <laughs> um, you're you're an exception in, in this in this story, um, and and um, so that's it. I mean, we've got a long ways to go, but our hope is, my hope is, is that I feel I feel I feel a level of responsibility, a burden to this space because of the guys and girls that will come after us. Mm-hmm. And and so if I do, if I'm a good steward of the opportunities that we've had um, in retailers like Walmart and Target and these places, and we can prove out that it's a good business for them, mm-hmm. then we're setting the stage for other brands that want to come behind us. Yeah. And yep. we can we can make more of this initiative. If we if we get reckless and you know we don't do the giving or we don't deliver on time or we start to compromise our product quality, take costs out. Then, you know, we start to, you know, not that we're, we don't have that big of an ego that we can blow everything up for the guys behind us, but we don't, we don't, we're, we're starting to make it challenging for them, you know, and so we really feel as a pioneer in the space, especially like, you know, in your article, Churro Joe, following up to a Newman's type brand, mm-hmm. um, that there's a responsibility there yeah. to do it well. Yeah, um, no, there really is. All, is it? And and Newman, you know, and that's the thing, too, is you look at someone like a Newman's brand and in a lot of ways, because it's celebrity driven, it's like a different type of animal. But, you know, what's interesting, I think, though, too, about that, though, Tyler, is he did treat it as a business. He did make good tasting products for people first. Totally. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, people are going to say, I don't think so. Yeah. They'll try it once and not come back. And that's that's exactly right. I mean, how many of us? How many of us, not cause-related, but just any product, we think, oh, that's a cool package. Oh, it's a neat granola bar yep. or, a, you know, a fun tea. And you try and you go, oh, my gosh, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, you it know, yeah. we, we love meeting people that go, wow, you know, your gum's really good. Or our yeah. buyer at a very well-known retailer that says, your gum is in my top three rotation that I chew personally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's what you, that's what you want to hear. Newman's, you know, I mean, there are... I mean, Newman's obviously, you know, was a pioneer. He's a hero of mine. Mm-hmm. But Newman's also, I think a lot of people don't realize, is that, you know, kind of like Tom's, there's just certain things that everything aligns. Yeah, right. You know, like 
Tom's aligned on a fashion trend at the same time. It was the first mm-hmm. time skinny jeans were back in. Mm-hmm. And so you, and that's where you're absolutely, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. You know, but I mean, they were, all of a sudden that shoe complemented a skinny pant. Yeah, and right. um, and and every you know all their things started to hit, and you know obviously AT and T shows a commercial, and you know boom. Yeah. Um, same thing with Newman's in the sense that when he pioneered that, there really wasn't quality grocery private label brands yet. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about it, Safeway, Whole Foods, Kroger, these guys, you know they still their private label house brands are still you know kind of cheap cardboard type items. Mm-hmm. And so here comes in with Paul with a private, la- you know, his own house brand, but really good tasting products. And it cut through a lot of that. Now today, you know, you have some categories in some grocery stores where it's 40 percent um, own brand. Um, it's harder for a new guy to come in and cut in that space. Right. Um, and then you take Paul's name with it and how much he gave and, you know, it's been amazing to watch. Yeah. Well, clearly there's been a uh, perfect storm for Project 7, and it's been super fascinating to talk to you and hear your story. And we have yet again come to the end of our show. So if you would do the honors, Tyler, and just let us know where people can find out more about Project 7, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, um, easy ones are online. Our, our website, project7.com, that's number seven. Um, and then you there's you can connect with us through all sorts of our, the, the normal social media channels off of that website. Um, there's store locators on that on that side as well of, of where you can find it. But um, you can today, you know, Walmart, Target, right off the bat, Caribou, if you're in the Midwest, you know, that, that sort of thing, 7-Eleven. We'll take a little bit of time because it's starting to roll out, but you'll start to see that in 7-Elevens as well. And, and we appreciate it. I mean, one of the things we really pride ourselves on is that someone can make a difference for under $2 with our product. So we really are accessible for all people, all walks of life. And so that's an easy way to, to, to make an impact. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And Joe, where can people find more out more about Joe Waters if they so choose? Well, of course, they can find me on my blog at SelfishGiving.com or on Twitter at Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can they find you? I'm also on Twitter. I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF and at Megan Strand. And I also blog for the Cause Marketing Forum at Cause Update. And you can find Cause Talk Radio on Stitcher Smart Radio as well as iTunes. We do encourage you to subscribe and leave us a comment. And on behalf of Tyler and Joe and myself, thanks so much for joining us for today's episode. 